Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. It's February of 2024, and we're going to be discussing an article titled Advanced Directives in Intensive Care, Challenges and Implementation Strategies, published in the Journal of Critical Care. As always, this is not medical advice on how to treat your critically ill patients. This study is free for you to download in the show notes below, read the data for yourself, hat tip to the authors. A quick plug, if you haven't checked out my new book, The Vasopressor and Inotrope Handbook, I definitely recommend you pick up a copy. People tend to like it. When this article showed up on my inbox several weeks ago, I was quite excited, but at the same time, I knew that we weren't going to be able to draw much from it outside of confusion. See, the problem is that advanced directives tend to be quite muddy in the way that they're written in the sense of you don't really know what to do with that. The reason why I say that is most of the lit- most of the way that this is discussed in the in the actual advanced directives in the living will of the patient is by using big terminology that we really don't know what that means. For example, a term that I often see is a persistent vegetative state. Well, I I don't quite know what that means when I have to try to defend it. Should I ever be called to? a deposition or to a trial as to what a persistent vegetative state actually is. What I find to be more more useful is when actual families have this discussion with their loved ones at the end of the day, the, the family members are going to be the ones making the decision as to whether to proceed with trig peg or allow the patient to pass on to the next life peacefully. But I, I always think that the family should be the ones to know directly what the wishes of their, lo- of their loved ones would be should they be in this unfortunate situation. Um, this, is, this is something, for example, that I've already discussed with my wife as to what I would want. And hopefully you have with your families and your grandparents or your parents or whoever, because the last thing we all want is to torture our loved ones for lack of a better term. This article First of all, starts with a little bit of history, which is pretty cool. Uh, They talk about how living wills were conceptualized in the 1960s by a lawyer, go figure, named Lewis Kuttner. And it has evolved into tools for subtermination, especially in intensive care settings. What these advanced directives are supposed to do is to empower individuals to outline their medical treatment preferences should they get severely ill or experience loss of judgment. One of the cool statistics that showed up in this article is that over 95% of critically ill patients are incapable of making decisions at that point of care. And therefore, this is where the advanced directives become very significant. Again, going back to what that lawyer, Kuttner, was saying, he was trying to propose a solution to enable individuals to express what their end-of-life care preferences are. And this initiative has grown into widespread practice, emphasizing the autonomy of the patients in medical decisions. Now, we have an aging population that has increased ICU utilization. We're seeing more and more patients end up passing in our ICUs as opposed to passing at home. But this this relevance is becoming more pronounced because, for example, they talk about the last couple of years with the virus that was going around where ICU references, excuse me, were ICU ref- resources were, were stretched in and then people had to make on-the-fly decisions as to whether they wanted to be on mechanical ventilation for 
the weeks that we all saw people be on or whether they would just pass peacefully. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what they did in the study was they looked at a comprehensive literature review using, for example, PubLine and, excuse me, PubMed and Medline, and they looked studies up to November 2022, where they zeroed in on intensive care and neurocritically ill patients. They didn't talk about pediatric patients, for example, which is, God, that's something so difficult. I, I had tips to everybody who takes care of kids. And what they did is that they put together 17 observational studies which ended up being kind of a mess, right? While some studies showed no significant impact of advanced directives on ICU care, others stated that it was very good at obtaining DNR orders, uh, decreasing ICU stay duration, as well as treatment costs. One of the things that was found is that the transmission of advanced directives to the medical teams often faced obstacles where situations took place where patient preferences were not fully honored. We unfortunately see this quite often where a patient has a DNR on the community. However, when they have their issue, uh, this, this information is not presented to the EMS staff who is appropriately doing their job, for lack of a better term, and trying to save the patient's life. And then, therefore, the patient ends up getting intubated and resuscitated or things that they might not have otherwise wanted. One of the things that was interesting is that the prevalence of advanced directives seem to be greater in the in North America, which I'm in the United States. But I think one of the things that makes this a little bit convoluted is, again, the terminology that is used in the actual document itself. At the end of the day, we, we as physicians and, and nurse practitioners and uh, APPs, people who take care of these patients, what we don't want to do is have these documents misinterpreted and then have legal repercussions taken upon us. There was a German study that highlighted that advanced directives often had a lot of ambiguity. So this factored into the treatment decisions of the patients and their families. To wrap this up, even though advanced directives are well-intentioned and well-meaning, it stands as a crucial means for patients to ensure that their treatment aligns with their wishes. There are still numerous challenges that hinder their implementation, which include insufficient knowledge, awareness, or standardized practices. The, the murky language is, which is really what gets me. Given that there's so much variability in the existing literature, which includes retrospective studies, I mean, this would be a difficult prospective study to, to look into. I think that the medical community as well as the legal community should get together and try to standardize what all of this means and how we could implement this to clinical practice to be more adherent to what the patient wishes are. I'd like to hear what you have to say about advanced directives and whether you think that they are either helpful or harmful or they really don't matter at the end of the day. So let me know in the comment section below. Thanks for checking out this podcast episode. Hope you guys have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye.